Yeah, yeah. Ball so hard, you better believe me, it's scary. It's basketball at the bar with Calvin and Barry. So put a tip in the jar, cause these dudes can really fill it up. Whether it's buckets you need enough just a beer in a cup. We're here for fresh conversations. Got some delicious libations. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notifications. My boys got you covered like you being guarded by pay. From the glove to the cloth and everyone else in between. Calvin and Barry got everything that you need. So sit back, relax, because we're starting the show. It's basketball at the bar. Grab your drinks and let's go. Yeah, yeah. Grab a drink and let's go. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notifications. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notifications. Let's get it. What up, ballers? Welcome to Basketball at the Bar. Join us live every weekday for the best NBA podcast here on YouTube, where the takes are hot and the drinks are cold. There's no dress code, and you can take us wherever you go. So pull up a stool, drop a like, and don't forget to subscribe. This is Basketball at the Bar. Grab your drinks, and let's go, Calvin. Let's go. Happy Aloha Friday. Happy Aloha Friday, everyone. Sorry we are running a little bit late. We had some technical difficulties, but we are getting them worked out. So thank you all for your patience and for joining us today on this wonderful Friday. We do have a pretty full show for you guys today. We're going to give some injury updates uh, on Joel Embiid. We're going to take a look at our uh, our brackets here that we filled out about a week and a half ago. Uh, we're going to break down both games that are happening today, and we're going to give some previews of the weekend games before we finish the show, as always, with Q&A questions. Uh, you guys have questions. Sometimes we have answers. Uh, so we're here for that. Right, Calvin? We're always here. How's your Friday so far? So far, so good. I can't complain. Yeah? You yeah. got you got the got old some basketball to, to watch. Yeah, I got my old uniform on. Yeah, that's nice. I'm, I'm digging this one. It's really, really comfortable. I like it. It looks comfortable. feels like I should be drinking a Mai Tai today, but we're here drinking nothing and drinking watching air. basketball and talking about basketball. So let's jump right here into today's show. Calvin, you have any injury updates on Joel Embiid? Uh, yeah, well, it's still a little cloudy in Philadelphia in terms of whether or not Joel Embiid will play. Uh, he did clear concussion protocol, which was the biggest hang-up for him to get back on the court. Uh, he's been upgraded to doubtful. Uh, I'm not really sure how that works if you clear <laughs> concussion protocol and you go from out to doubtful. Uh, but there is optimism that he will play, barring any setbacks, when that game tips off pretty soon here, actually, in, in about an hour or so, a little under. Yeah, I was looking here at the injury report for this first game, Miami Heat at Philadelphia 76ers. About 30 minutes ago, the Miami Heat had like six guys on the injury report. Now there's zero. Does that mean Kyle Lowry might suit up for this game? Uh, the last thing I saw on Kyle Lowry was that he he was listed as out on ESPN's injury report. However, under the injury report, he was listed as questionable in, in the explanation. So uh, really hard to tell right now. No wonder the Miami Heat constantly get fined for their injury reports because they're <laughs> all over the place. I don't know if it's a distraction technique, maybe a, a, a Pat Riley uh, move or something like that, but I'm looking at the injury report right now, and it says no injured players for the Miami Heat. 
If you go to the full injury report on ESPN, Kyle Lowry is still listed as out. However, in the comments section, it says questionable for game three. So confusing. So take that as you will. All right. Okay, let's take a look here at our brackets um, and just kind of go over everything here. I know we both messed up already in the first round. I had uh, I had Phoenix winning in the first round, which they did. So I'm going to give myself a little uh, plus one and a pat on the back here for that. Um, I had Utah <clears throat> defeating Dallas in the first round, which was a big miss. Dallas did go on to advance, and I think you had uh, Utah as well, correct? I did have Utah. And then Golden State-Denver, I think we both took Golden State for that series. And Memphis and Minnesota, we both took uh, Memphis. So not too bad, three out of four um, for those. Then as far as the Eastern Conference, uh, you know, we both had Miami moving on. I think we both had Philadelphia moving on. Now, this is where it really kills me. I had Brooklyn defeating Boston. Me too. Big mistake here. Big me mistake. Too. Um, but then I think we both agreed that Milwaukee was going to go on and defeat Chicago. So, uh, you know, three or sorry, six out of eight is not too bad, right? Six out of eight is not too bad. Uh, five of those series, I picked the correct number of games as well. Wow. So, wow. I'm doing okay right now. Okay. And that was what, Golden State, Denver? and Golden State, Memphis, Miami, Philadelphia, and Milwaukee. Okay. I think got, Miami got all of those right. is the only one I, I had as a sweep. Milwaukee I had as a sweep. That was 4-1 as well, right? And then advancing past this round, I got Phoenix and Golden State, which I'm assuming you have as well. I do. And then in the East... This is where I'm really screwed. I got Miami and Brooklyn. I'm just going to cross Brooklyn off here. You got Miami and Milwaukee. I do. My final four is still alive. So you're looking pretty good there, Calvin. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay right now. And you have Milwaukee going to the finals to face Phoenix again? I do. So another boring finals two years in a row, huh? Boring finals? It's the two best teams. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I got well, Miami. one fully healthy. I got Miami making it to the finals, so that'll be pretty interesting there. Uh, we'll keep updating these and see as we go. Uh, you know, that just proves it right here. We're not always right. Um, I've known that for a long time. Uh, I've had uh, many ex-girlfriends remind me of that um, <laughs> and parents as well, so always good to know. Um, but I still got Phoenix. We're batting a pretty good average right now, though. I got Phoenix beating Miami in, in six games here in the finals. So I think that's what it's going to come down for us is does Miami or Milwaukee make the finals? If Phoenix is out, both of us are screwed on that end. That's true. Uh, but as far as the Eastern Conference, if Miami makes it, I win. If uh, Milwaukee makes it, you win. So that's right. It's getting interesting. Pretty interesting. You want to borrow this pen here and mark up your sheet like I just did? <laughs> all right what's up ivan good to see you here what's up techno peasant oh Embiid is warming up right now he's playing tonight that's exciting yep. they're gonna need it you think it affects the outcome of this game at all I, i'm not really so sure maybe they uh, get a win i, I here, think it but... does affect the outcome of the game okay i, I do i mean 
um, you know, they're at home. Uh, they're going to get a big emotional lift from him coming back to play. If Philadelphia is going to get a game, I think it's going to be this one. The spread is officially even on this game, and uh, ESPN has Philadelphia winning this game. Uh, they're 59% going to win this game, I guess, or however you want to break that down. Miami has a 41% chance of winning this game. It's uh, probably going to be, like you said, the most exciting game of the series. We'll see if Philadelphia can pull it out here. Uh, what are your thoughts as far as, you know, how this is going to affect the other guys? Like, you know, Joel Embiid averaging 30.6 points per game uh, on 50% shooting. If he's back or he is back and plays in this game, what does that mean for guys like James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, and uh, Tobias Harris? Well, it means the same thing that it means for every team when your best player comes back from injury. It, all the other players on the team, um, their their roles change, obviously. They're not required to do as much as they were before, but it, it makes the game easier for them, right? Like Embiid's going to command double teams, triple teams, um, especially if he gets off to a good start and score, you know, hits his first couple baskets or whatever. Miami's going to have to adjust their defense accordingly. Um, and that's going to leave guys or, or create more open shot opportunities for all these other guys, Tob Tobias Harris. Uh, the, the list goes on through or through the whole team. Uh, you know, it has a, a huge trickle effect, especially when it's somebody that, um, you know, is being mentioned as a potential MVP of the league. Like, yep. it's a big deal to get that guy back. Yeah, I definitely think it'll probably open some stuff up for James Harden. <clears throat> We'll see how it affects Tyrese Maxey because he's been playing incredible. Uh, you know, 34 points in the last game. Um, they need him to be that guy if they want to win this series or, or even a game in this series. For me, the Embiid effect, I'm really looking at Bam out of bio because that guy's been feasting in this series. His job just got a lot harder, right? Sure did. You know, But that's how Miami plays as a, as a team defense. It, it's as a team. Uh, as a, a collective unit. So it won't just be on Bam out of bio to stop him. You want to make any predictions on, on Joel Embiid and the type of game he's going to have tonight? Uh, I think he has a good game. I mean, I don't, I'm not predicting him to go for 40 or anything like that, but I, I feel like, you know, we see, we have seen it time and time again, guys coming back in situations like this, playing in front of their home crowd, uh, the mask effect, you know, whether it's LeBron or Embiid, who has done this already before mm -hmm. in the past. Um, you know, I think they can ride the emotion of the crowd a little bit. And I have Miami winning in five games. So I'm going to call Philadelphia gets this one game today. I think I had them winning in six games, but I didn't know Embiid was going to be out for the first two games of this series. Uh, yeah, I mean... This is what Philadelphia needs if they're going to have any chance, right? Absolutely. If they need Embiid to come back, I assume he's probably going to be wearing the mask in this game. Um, it didn't seem to affect him too much before when he was wearing the mask. But then again, when you're a big guy, you're inside, there's a lot of contact going on there. Uh, I don't want to say he's going to be shy, but maybe you're shying a little bit more away from some of these big contact plays. Uh, luckily, he's not playing against Draymond Green or Dylan Brooks in this series, right? <laughs> yes, that is true. And 
you know, the one thing about Embiid's game is he can score away from the basket. So if he's able to hit some outside shots, especially some three-point shots, you know, that that's obviously going to change the whole course of the game. He will be wearing a dark gray mask today. Looks like Batman or Phantom oh, of the Process. I love that. Phantom <laughs> of the Process. Do you remember when LeBron was wearing that black mask and he had, like, yes. what, 50 in that game or something? Yeah. That was incredible. I thought the black mask got banned. I thought it did, too, but maybe it's allowed now. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, what are the referees going to do? Just say you can't play if you're wearing that mask? I don't know. Anything else uh, on this game? Any other thoughts, predictions? You said Philadelphia is probably going to win this game. Um, well, how are they going to win this probably game? Probably going to win this game, but I'm going to take them to win this game. What do they need to do to win this game? <clears throat> uh, what do they need to do to win this game? They have to find a way to obviously get Embiid going right away, right from the beginning, because if he is not uh, effective or not doesn't look like himself. Miami can basically still play the same way they've been playing the whole time. They they need to force Miami to change what they're doing defensively, work harder, mm-hmm. force them to double him, triple him even at times if it need be in the post. They need to find ways to get him the ball on the block, make sure that he gets looks inside at the rim, gets free throw attempts because that's a huge part of his game. Um, he can't just be chucking up threes the whole game I, I don't think that's going to work for philadelphia and if they do that like i said that's going to open up the floor for other guys to get open shots um it might even clear driving lanes for harden and maxi because mm-hmm. the, they're going to be doubling and bead things like that uh screens are going to be another huge thing you know Embiid set some pretty good screens that could free up james harden a little bit he's had pretty much no separation he's been doing all of his work by just bu- bullying his way into the lane and throwing up tough shots um, and I think it's going to help with their, their stamina level for the co- whole course of the game. We'll see how many minutes Embiid can go. Um, I, I, you know, it's a, all a pain tolerance thing, mm-hmm. and it's all a head injury. So I, I don't expect it to really limit him um, in terms of him being able to run up and down the court. He should be able to play his full number of minutes as long as he can deal with the pain in his face. Um, and then defensively, you know, it's easier said than done, but Miami, they love to move the ball, and they move it really well. They share it with each other, and they, they take a lot of threes. They got to find a way to minimize Tyler Hero off the bench. Like, that, yep. he's killing them in this series, absolutely killing them. Yeah, I think to start out this game, Philadelphia needs to feed and beat inside, get him going, and hopefully that'll open up some of these three-point shots because they have been struggling from three-point range. And for me, that's one of the biggest things in this series is Miami shot the three-ball surprisingly well, and Philadelphia has shot the ball horribly. They have shot it terribly from three-point range. So. Hopefully they can get uh, you know Embiid going inside. Maybe they got to start double teaming him inside, and maybe that will leave a guy like James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, or Danny Green open. I think Danny Green really needs to start making some shots in this series. It would certainly help. It's been horrible watching him. I feel so bad for the guy because I, I like Danny Green. I've watched him since he was in Cleveland. Yeah, I think he was like one for nine in the last game from the field. He definitely needs to get going, and uh, like we've been talking about, this team needs to make some threes. They traded Seth Curry. Um, Danny Green's got to step up. 
Yeah, and they need somebody on the bench to step up too. Uh, they need one of either Korkmaz or uh, Niang, George Niang, to be able to come in and hit like three threes in this game at yep. least. Yep. Uh, what would you do if you're Doc Rivers to try and get Matisse Thibel going? I know there was, uh, you know, all those rumors about him and and how he was going to affect the team's performance in Toronto because he couldn't play. He's not so much a scorer, but more of a defensive guy. Are you going to try and stick him on a guy like Tyler Hero or or Jimmy Butler, or what are you doing with Matisse Thibel to get the most out of him to help you win this game? I think it makes a lot more sense to put him on Tyler Hero than Jimmy Butler. You know, Jimmy Butler is is sort of a wild card. Like we've seen at any time, really, he can explode and have a huge game. Um, and in that case, you're you know you'll have to adjust mid game to to how you're playing. But Tyler Hero right now is the the guy for me if I'm Philadelphia that I have to find a way to slow down. So mm-hmm. I I would put Thibel on him, um, and then. I'd try to get out and run again with Maxi, yep. get some some transition points, some fast break points, uh, because Thibel can run the floor. And if those two guys are are leading the break, you might get some easy looks at the basket for Matisse Thibel. That that's really the the easiest way I would say to get him going offensively. So keys of the game: slow down the Miami Heat, make some threes in this game, get Embiid going, and hopefully figure out what you're going to get out of guys like James Harden and some of these other guys coming off the bench, right? Yeah. yeah. It's not going to be easy. Yeah. But here's the thing. This is why I think Philadelphia can get one game at home. In the two games in Miami, no Embiid, Philadelphia had leads in both first halves. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't last for a full 48 minutes mm-hmm. against Miami. Getting Embiid back... That's, you know, you're going to have the, there'll be more adrenaline. The crowd is going to be behind you. Uh, it should be a pretty raucous, you know, environment mm-hmm. in there. Um, and I think they'll be able to use that to play f- better into the second half. Um, and, of course, you know, you, you've got the MVP in, in the middle. That's going to make a difference. So Yep, yep. Miami's won four in a row and four out of their last five. Philadelphia has only won one out of their last five games. Tough stretch of games for them, uh, you know, especially with their guy in Embiid down. But should be an exciting game today. Uh, you have a score prediction on this game? I think it's going to be a really close game. If Philadelphia only wins if they're able to keep this, you know, in the low hundreds. I think uh, if okay. it gets to a, a one, you know, in the high teens, a hundred teens, hundred and twenties, Miami's going to win this game. So that they need to to find a way to to slow. Uh, the game down a little bit um, on defense. Secure rebounds would be a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's going to help with Embiid in there. DeAndre Jordan has been pretty much just a, a warm body out mm-hmm. there for Philadelphia. So uh, securing rebounds, getting out in transition a little bit, and they've got to knock down some threes. But keep it close, you know, like a 106 to 103 game, I think Philadelphia can pull it out. All right. Should be an exciting game to watch. Probably the most exciting game of this series so far. So we'll see what happens. Moving on to the second game today, we have Phoenix facing Dallas. This is the first game of the series in Dallas. Phoenix is up 2-0. You know, we've seen guys like Luka Doncic play incredibly well in this series. Uh, We've also seen a a few guys on, on Dallas's bench step up, but not as much as they need. Dallas is favored by one in this game. Uh, it is at home. 
Um, what are your thoughts on this game? Well, first of all, I'm sorry, Mike, but I'm surprised Dallas is favored in this game. <laughs> I, I, they just the way Phoenix has dominated them so far in this series, it, it's pretty shocking to me to see that Dallas is actually favored to win. Um, until I see something different in this series, I'm going to pick Phoenix to win every time. Uh, they just have too much. Uh, yep. The matchup is not a good matchup for Dallas. Um, it, you know, DeAndre Ayton only had nine points in game two, and they still won by 20. Mm-hmm. So it, that's the problem. Phoenix has got three guys that really could go off, you know, any game and kill you if you're Dallas. And that's not even get uh, or adding the fact that Jay Crowder has finally found his shot. Cam Johnson's playing better. Better. Campaign is playing better. Like the whole team just has finally gelled together here with Booker back. Um, so it, it's it's really not looking good for Dallas. Yeah, I mean it's it's not. They're just outmatched in this game talent wise. I kind of feel similar to this series as I feel in the Philadelphia series that if they're going to win a game, this is probably the one. Um, I think they're going to need another huge game from Luka Doncic. I feel like Jalen Brunson has been pretty disappointing here in the second round. I think that this guy needs to play like he did in the first round if they're going to win a game. And then Maxi Kleba has got to hit a bunch of threes in this game. I, I could see a situation where the Mavs end up winning this game, but I'm probably going to take Phoenix as well. Yeah, again, you know, in the first round I, I underestimated a couple of series where the first game when it moved to the to the not the next city right that yeah. that team was able to come out and win so it's certainly possible but i really don't like the matchup here for dallas it's just phoenix is able to score too easily in too many ways mm-hmm. and devin booker exploded in game 2 if he continues that hot shooting it's just a, a really, really tall task for Dallas. You mentioned the three-point shot. Dallas has been hitting threes in this series. Um, I don't know how many they made in game two, but they made 16 in game one. That That's plenty of threes. And I know Luka had a bunch in game two, so it's not like they're um, shooting it horribly. Yeah, They're, they're scoring the ball. They're just not able to stop Phoenix on the other end. Yeah, they shot 41% from three in game two, but they allowed that uh, playoff franchise record of 64.5% from the field and 52% from three-point range for Phoenix. So, yeah, it's it's more about what they can stop Phoenix from doing than what they can do. Right. Um, but I feel like a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie, who was one of their huge additions uh, at the trade deadline, has some mis- mismatches in this just because he's so long and, um, and big at the position. They need more for him or from him as well if they're going to have any chance in this game. 28 minutes, 11 points in game two. Um, they, they just need more from him. Yeah, and only him, eight points in game one as him well. Him and Brunson. That's yep. that's the key. Dallas wins a game or two games in this series if they can get those two guys going offensively. And that's something that they did very well in the first round. Um, totally different team they're playing yeah, against. Yeah, and they're playing against Chris Paul. So it's interesting to see what happens there. But uh, So prediction on this game? I'm taking Phoenix. By... 
12? I will not take them by 12. I'll take Phoenix by 5. By 5 points? By 5. Okay. All right. Should be a pretty interesting game. Uh, which game are you looking forward to most today? Miami, Philadelphia, Phoenix, Dallas. I'm looking forward to Philadelphia, Miami. I, you know, I want to see Embiid. I want to see how he looks. Uh, you know, we've already said it. If they got any chance in this series, they need MVP Embiid mm-hmm. back in the building. Um, you know, otherwise both of these series are, are going to be over quick. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, moving on here. Since today is Friday and we're only here on the weekdays, let's talk a little bit about the weekend games. Sunday, we do have Phoenix in Dallas and Miami and Philadelphia again. If uh, those teams are able to go up 3-0 today, we could see some guys getting eliminated on Sunday. But Saturday is where we're going to get to see some new games. There's been a couple days off here for the Boston-Milwaukee series and the Memphis-Golden State series. I know Dylan Brooks is suspended in this game. Um, I know Marcus Smart could potentially return for Boston in this game. It's likely. Um, let's talk about Saturday. So Boston, Milwaukee, Memphis, Golden State, which game are you looking forward to most and why? Ooh, that's tough. I, I love both of these games. Uh, I mean, these are the these are the competitive series, right? <laughs> They're tied up 1-1. Um, you know, both neither series really has a team that you would say is has completely taken uh, control of of either series right mm-hmm. now. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see how both teams adjust as the series switches back to San Francisco and Milwaukee. Um, for Milwaukee, I, I'm really interested to see what they come out and do offensively because in game two, they looked like they looked like a complete shell of themselves. It, it, the only thing they could do was give Giannis the ball and get out of his way, and that's not going to work against a Boston team that is the best defensive team in the league. So I, I'm interested to see how they're going to use Giannis, using him in pick and roll. Will they be able to free up guys for outside shots, and can they knock them down? I, I mean, they, they scoring is at a premium in this series, right? Yep. We've seen in both games – uh, one team scored fewer than 90 points. So mm-hmm. it, it's all about how you can create open shots uh, and can you knock them down. Yeah, yeah, I mean, two exciting and, and games. And will Boston uh, stay super hot from three, you know? Yeah, personally, I'm a little over the Phoenix-Dallas series in Miami-Philadelphia in terms of, like, I already know who's going to win both of these series. Um, there are some exciting you know, moments. It is basketball. I love watching basketball, so it'll be exciting to see, you know, how Embiid uh, comes back and returns, if Dallas can step it up and play, you know, better defense in this game. But these games on Saturday are the games I'm really looking forward to, right? I feel like Boston and Milwaukee and Memphis and Golden State are a much better matchup. You can see it here in in the record. They're both tied 1-1 right now. So, I think that either of these teams could win these series. I'm excited to see what's going to happen in this Memphis-Golden State series after a physical game, too. Yep. 
Um, we'll see what happens with Draymond Green if he gets ejected. I don't know what the over-under on how many uh, people he flips off in this game are. Um, but <laughs> Probably I, not many playing at home. But. but I'm really looking forward to both of these games. Um, they should be quite exciting, entertaining. Are you taking Boston or Milwaukee in this third game? I'm going to take Milwaukee. Okay. I mean, I have them winning the series. First of all, so I got to pick them to win more games than they lose. Yep. But uh, yeah, again, you know, they took game one. They took care. They did what they needed to do in these first two games on the road. They split. They're going back home. Um, you know, I think they shoot a little bit better at home. I don't think Boston will be as hot from three either as they were in game two. So advantage Milwaukee. Look for Giannis and Andrew Holiday to have big games. Yeah. Yeah, I think Drew Holiday is, is the key for Milwaukee in this series. Um, in Boston, yeah, they need Marcus Smart back, and they need Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to do their thing. I'm going to pick Milwaukee to win this game, and uh, I think I'm going to take Golden State to win game three at home. So I'm taking both home teams on Saturday. Uh, I will agree with that. Yeah. But, hey, more exciting. Jalen Brown is the guy that worries me, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I expect to get pretty much the same performance out of Jason Tatum every night now. Um, and Jalen Brown is a really, really talented player. But for some reason, the consistency isn't just quite as good or mm -hmm. quite as consistent. Um, so if he plays the way he played in game two, that changes everything for Boston. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> All right. Uh, anything else you want to mention on these games before we move into Q and A? Um, I know the game's starting pretty soon here, and we got to see what what Embiid's doing. But anything else you want to mention? Uh, not for today's games, but for tomorrow. Remember, Barry and I have a little friendly wager going with Clay Thompson. Um, I expect him to have a big game over twenty three and a half points. Big game. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, <laughs> maybe I should take Memphis in this game to win, but we'll see. Uh, if Clay hits the over, you got to wear the Clay Thompson jersey on the show on Monday. No problem. Okay, I can definitely do that. All right, guys, we're gonna move here into Q and A. So if you guys have questions, we got answers. Uh, like again, or sorry, again, I'm apologizing. We started the show late today. We had, uh, you know, some technical difficulties getting started, but we got them resolved. Um, we're going to kind of run through Q and a, and then I'm excited for basketball today. So yes. if you guys got questions, go ahead and throw them in here. Um, first question from flame flurry. Would you do a swap for Brown for Fox? Jalen Brown? Yeah. I'm assuming. Man, pro probably. I, I would I would definitely think long and hard about that one. I like Jalen Brown a lot. Yeah, the the reason I would consider a trade like that is is um Davion Mitchell. You know, that's the only reason I would consider a trade like that is you're basically filling in that two position like we said and you're bringing in a guy like Davion Mitchell who finished the season really really strong with the Kings to play the point guard. Uh, I think those guys are pretty on par with each other, though, Fox and Brown, as far as talent goes. I'd probably want to have a conversation it's, with Brown uh, on whether close. he's willing to Brown stay. Brown is a much better outside shooter. Yeah. And uh, he's – if you get a guy like Jalen Brown on your team, that gives you uh, a player that you can say, all right, the, your defensive assignment is the best player 
uh, on the opposing team every night. I, I mean, unless it's you're playing, you know, Denver, Philadelphia, he's not going to guard yep. the centers. But uh, he is a really, really fine two-way player, and that's the, the type of guy that Sacramento needs. I'm seeing some uh, talk here Mike about Brown for Fox, yeah, Luka yeah. Doncic, and how the Kings should have drafted Luka Doncic. I mean, honestly, guys, the Kings should have drafted anybody in that top five, not named Marvin Bagley. You know, <laughs> yeah, if they really. could have had a, ch- a shot at Aiton, that would have been successful. Trey Young would have been a good option. Jaron Jackson Jr. would have been a good option. Doncic, I would have been happy with any of these guys, uh, or if Marvin Bagley could have just stayed healthy. Um, yeah. But you know, the thing is, is Part of the Marvin Bagley situation is on the Sacramento Kings, right? Is It was a constant changing of management, of coaching. Yes, he had a ton of injuries, but the dude never got to get into any kind of rhythm because of injuries and because of just his head coach and Dave Yeager never believed in him. So it was a constant battle between the front office and the head coach. That does not set up a young rookie for success you look at all these other guys, they've had pretty stable environments. I know uh, Doncic just switched head coaches, but, um, yeah. No, the Lakers aren't trading LeBron. Come on. Should they? No. They no? should trade Westbrook way before they trade LeBron. But what can you get for Westbrook? I don't know, but it still probably is going to be better than what they had with him. Would you trade LeBron for Jason Tatum? I don't know. Maybe. That's tough. That is tough. But they're not trading LeBron. Yeah, I don't think they're going to trade him either. LeBron's one of those guys that could just say, no, I'm not going to play for your team, and nobody would trade (laughs) for him. Yeah, he could. Nobody would trade for him. If I were the Kings, I'd trade for him just so I could get a King James jersey. But Did uh, you see Kendrick Perkins' trade proposal this morning? No, I missed it. Anthony Davis for Kyrie Irving. Oh, wow. Wow. I would never do that. I wouldn't do that if what Russell Westbrook is on the team also. Yeah. That's for damn sure. Yeah, that's that's a really <clears throat> tough, tough trade. I like Anthony Davis a lot. I feel like everybody's sleeping on Anthony Davis because he's been injured. I love but, Anthony Davis. Yeah, he's an amazing player. The Kings should trade for a guy like Anthony Davis. Uh, Mike says, how can Brunson go off like he did in the first round without having the ball? Uh, that's a really good question, Mike, because he's not uh, a catch-and-shoot player. He He's one of those rhythm players that has to have the ball in his hands, um, you know, dribble penetration, all that stuff to, for him to really get going. So is he able to, to knock down some threes, you know, catch-and-shoot? Probably, but um, consistency-wise, I don't know how, how much you're really going to be able to rely on that especially because he's going to have, you know, a big wing defender on him. He's yeah. really struggling with the size right now of these uh, Phoenix Suns defenders on the perimeter. Well, does that, you know, since him and Doncic both need the ball in their hands, does that make you kind of question whether the Mavs should re-sign this guy or if they should try and trade him for a guy that maybe doesn't need the ball as much since they have Luka Doncic? Seems kind of like a De'Aaron Fox Doncic situation that the Kings were trying to avoid. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, that that's a really good point. I, I don't know wh- what I would really do in that situation. I think maybe 
<clears throat> staggering their minutes um, so that they're not on the court at the same time all the time, giving them both the opportunity to kind of run the show mm-hmm. from here from time to time would be a good way to go about it. Uh, because Brunson up until recently has been their sixth man. Yeah. You know, he hasn't really gotten into the starting lineup until very recently. So it, that's an interesting question. But then it, it the counter argument to that is, well, how much are you willing to pay a guy that comes off the bench? Yep. Exactly. Uh, so they're they're in a tough spot either way because they're handicapped salary cap wise to begin with. Yeah, I think the the bottom line they need to throw Boban out there more. I don't think that's going to help. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, Flame Flurry says we should know by the end of the day who the new Kings head coach is. Who do you think it's going to be, Calvin? I think Mark Jackson and Mike Brown are basically a toss up at this point. From everything that you know, you read and hear that the organization is divided on those two guys, um, and both of them make sense for different reasons. So I really think it's honestly a coin flip at this point. Yeah, I would guess Mike Brown. That that would be my guess. Ivan says, since you guys are out in Hawaii, do you think Honolulu could support an NBA expansion franchise? No. I mean. It depends on what you what that we mean by that question. Can the economy support an NBA franchise in Hawaii? Yeah, probably, but it just makes zero sense from a, a travel standpoint. It, there's no point in having an NBA team in Hawaii. There's definitely a lot of NBA fans here in Hawaii, <clears throat> um, but yeah, the travel thing is tough. And also at the same time, like imagine how many people come and go here every single day. If you're the home team, what's your home crowd going to look like, yeah. right? Like, if you play the Lakers, the Lakers are probably going to be the home team in that game because you're going to have so many people here traveling from L.A. Hawaii is a football state anyway. It's not a basketball state. I would love to have a team here, but I think they'd probably be better off with something like maybe hosting the All-Star game here every year. That would be cool. Um, you know, I, I can't wait till the Pro Bowl comes back here. Uh, we do have, you know, one one basketball tournament here in Lahaina that's like two blocks away from us that hasn't been here, unfortunately, um, due to COVID. But mm-hmm. there's also n- not currently there aren't any, um, you know, really nice facilities <laughs> to yeah. house a professional sports team here. I mean, even the University of Hawaii, the Aloha Stadium is pretty run down at this point. Um, and there's obviously very limited real estate to build a new place like that. So there would be a lot of um, difficulties getting a, a pro team of any kind out here, I think. We would love it, but, yeah, it probably wouldn't last very long. Um, and there's a lot of other places in the United States that should have an NBA franchise. Uh, you know, Seattle yeah. is at the top <laughs> yeah, of the list. Honolulu there. was to get one before Seattle. That would right? be pretty rough. Um Las Vegas, a lot of people would love to have a team in Las Vegas. Um, you know, look at Kansas. Yeah. And just think about if you're an East Coast team having to travel to Hawaii or oh, vice man. versa. Yeah. The, the Hawaiian team having to go to That'd be rough. New York or, or Miami or something like that. That's, that's a long trip. I it's do, really though, when I play NBA 2K and I play career mode or franchise mode, sometimes I do move a franchise to Hawaii just for the fun of it. 
and it's a lot of fun. Oh, sure, but, that's yeah. Virtual reality is yeah. great. You can do whatever you want. Yep. All right. Any last questions before we end the show today? We appreciate you guys all for watching, taking time out of your day to hang with us here. Uh, two awesome basketball games today. Unfortunately, we didn't have any basketball yesterday, but that's okay. Two games today. We have four over the weekend, and then we will be back on Monday with some more fresh content for you guys. Calvin and I are also working on, uh, you know, an off-season breakdown of every team in the league and what they need to do to get better. We're going to be doing some cool draft stuff. And I know I keep saying it, but May 17th, NBA draft lottery party on Royal Rebounds. It's going to be it's going down. a lot of fun. Uh, Mike wants us to pray for the Mavs. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send some prayers up for your Mavs, Mike. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode. Hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. And as always, don't forget to tip your bartender.